You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, welcome to 2024 and welcome to another edition of Ask Drone You. For all of you that have been here for the last 10 years, thank you very much. We appreciate we appreciate your time. We appreciate 10 years. Yeah, 2013, yeah, 2014. Only feels like a couple. Isn't that crazy? 10 yeah. years ago? Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> it and we have you to thank. We do. And we've seen quite the evolution of drones, quite the evolution of the market in drones, and quite the evolution of a- aviation as a whole. As we have seen, you know, what's what's happened with drones and how manned aviation has tried to get involved in that. And over the last 10 years, most of the regulations that we have are due to companies lobbying that don't even exist anymore. Um, and when you've been in the industry this long, it really makes you understand just how industries as a whole work in the United States, good or bad. That's not my point. My point is, is just the information and knowledge of how business really goes down, especially when the government is involved. Uh, We've also seen the evolution of things like drone delivery. And you know, Rob, I I just think of, I know we're going to get right into this question, but quick aside, you know, there's a story that was on LinkedIn today that I just wanted to highlight because I think it's just so important. And there's always so much drone news, but 99% of it doesn't matter. This one does. Walmart decides to use Zipline to essentially do drone delivery. And they just opened up drone delivery to almost 2 million homes in Texas, which makes sense. You got great weather. You've got open air space. It makes a lot of sense. Okay. But why is this important? Well, let's think about this. Zipline, if you remember, back when we started, Zipline started too. Did Zipline do any drone delivery or get special approval from the FAA to do drone delivery or test drone delivery or research drone delivery or anything? No. So they went to Africa, where Africa is like, yes, let's do this. Well, here we are 10 years later, and the most successful drone delivery company is a company that got snubbed by the US government for their lack of knowledge, went abroad, gathered all the data, learned all the hard lessons, implemented the feedback, and came back and created the literal best drone delivery program that's out there. That should be a lesson to everyone. It's just like the Airbnb lesson. Did they wait for the US government to say, it's okay to turn your home into an Airbnb? No, they did not. They went out and did it. I same th- with Uber. That's, same. Yeah, mm-hmm. watch that movie. That's pretty interesting. I think it's really, really, really important for this to be said. And either we need a fundamental shift in government or we need to be like uh, Argentina and just get rid of a bunch of offices that don't really add to <laughs> things. Gonna, so. uh, you're pissing people off. No, that way. Whatever. I, we need a better system. Let's just be honest. So uh, <laughs> no matter what the system looks like, okay, we're not here for that. Um, but I think it's just interesting that the evolution the 10 year mark, you know, we're going to be seeing new certificates coming out in the next couple years, part 108. We're going to be seeing the new part 107 certificates for spraying. We're going to be seeing a lot of new stuff. This is going to be kind of a growing year. We've also seen politically how the anti-China stuff has impacted American or domestically approved drones. And we all also, all of us know that there is no such thing as a domestically built drone. They might be domestically designed. They might be domestic 
domestic systems integrators, but there is no true domestic drone. Um, and we're talking about them all. Uh, so that said, it's going to be really interesting how the market pivots from this point, which we're going to be talking more about in an upcoming show on our 2024 predictions, which I think should be a fun one. But let's get into today's question, which is all about, look, have you been flying drones for a while just like us? Have you kind of lost the spark just a little bit? Or maybe you've gotten too into the routine, into the mix of doing your job and you just need a new spark. Look, we're all human. We all need something new. And if you're like me, then you might need a new way to fly. And so this podcast is really all about a question that's come in in regards to how do you actually learn to fly Cinewhoop and FPV. There, there is FPV, which a lot of people know is racing, and that's cute and great, but the real money is made in Cinewhoops or FPV drones that have prop guards on them or ducted fans and are flown to do like one-shot videos, the immersive you know, FPV shots that we've been seeing on social media. It's interesting that you say the FPV, yeah, that's cute, because what happens is a lot of those really good FPV racers, they're the ones that get the really good Cinewhoop jobs. 100%. So there's a direct connection there. Well, and when I say uh, it's cute, it's not to be derogatory. It's more to say like, yeah, racing is cool, but it's kind of like, well, where does it go from there? Um, yeah. you know, and it's a very select group that can be upper echelon. And it's also it's one like of those, Formula One. Yeah, it's also like one of those things where you get into it quick and you fall off of it quick, you know? And there's a couple of pilots True. I think of right now. Yeah, like you got to be really, really good when you're like 16. And then you retire when you're 19. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit. But, but. you won't get an $8 million contract <laughs> in the process. Um, no, uh, and a lot of people are realizing a lot of drone pilots who have drone businesses are like, holy cow, I can make, make way more money if I do fly-through tours. If I do, I think the word now that's kind of coming up uh, that I see on Instagram and TikTok is drone tours. People don't even call it fly-throughs anymore. Cinewhoop is kind of, that term is kind of falling off. That's just because that's hard to understand. People don't know what that is. Yeah, and they're trying to reach like a wider group, like yeah. a drone tour. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we got a great question today. I'm really excited about this. And, you know, a long time ago, we predicted that micro drones or drones sub 250 grams were really going to be become the thing. And Cinewhoop has proven that they can be more valuable drones than any consumer drone. And you can make a lot more money off of them. For a lot less money. Uh -huh. They're not super expensive. I mean, what, 1500 bucks? you can have something really nice. Yes. Including the whole setup. Yeah, and if you want to buy 10 batteries, it's going to cost you as much as one Inspire 3 battery. So, uh, yeah. No, and, and for all of you who've been listening for a long time, I'm sure there's a question coming up to you. It's like, Paul, for the longest time, you've been saying mapping and technical jobs pay more. Well, they do, and they offer a huge opportunity yeah, for a that lot doesn't, of... Yeah, that doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. I'm just saying that the market's kind of evolved... Yeah. To where, yeah, you could make five, ten thousand dollars a day flying a drone to film a commercial. And I would also say that commercial productions, and I think as I was saying in pre-show, I think this is the secret that Danny brought hid from me from years. And honestly, well played, Danny. Um <laughs> <laughs> You would have done the same thing. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> but I mean, it just it kind of proves a lot of things anyway. Um that said, uh, commercial productions or commercials that are made for Fortune 100, 200, and 500 companies are going to be the most profitable. And we've got a video and a, co a course coming out 
showing you how we made $50,000 in one day shooting uh, a drone video. And I think it's really important for all of you to see because technical jobs do pay well. They're great recurring revenue, but drone tours and high level drone jobs, they're not recurring. They're hard to get, but once you get them and once you get an in, they pay so well that you only need to film probably five or six videos in a year and and be living at least a decent life. Uh, you know, I probably want to film 20 or 30 of those, Rob, so I can buy a ranch and never see civilization ever again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, let's go ahead and let's play that question, which today is brought to you by one of our dearest friends, the fabric of the industry. We've said that about Rick Bolt. Rick and Beth over at uh, Go Professional Cases. I would say that they're the fabric of the industry, but I would also say that Johnny from Colorado Drone Chargers is also the fabric of the industry. He sponsored our fly-in almost seven or eight years ago, and he has said thank you so much for getting his brand out there. But the thing is, is that I'm not sure how much we helped with that, but also his capacity to create high quality chargers that don't burn your garage down. Uh, high quality chargers that allow you to charge four batteries all at one time so that you can keep airborne and you can keep doing exactly what you do best, which is fly. So if you're like me and you're a serious drone pilot and you are sick and tired of these cheap Amazon knockoffs, you don't want your house to burn down or your garage to burn down like we've seen on YouTube, you need to check out Colorado Drone Chargers. Frankly, I think we have seven or eight of them now, and we have them for every major drone that we train on, and there is just no substitute. Let's just say it sucks to charge on something other than one of those because they're yeah. so good. Yeah, Charging all the batteries at the same time, they're safe. It's, yeah. Colorado it Drone sucks. Chargers, in Rob's language, is the happy pill for serious <laughs> drone pilots. <laughs> it is. And Johnny's just a good dude. He He's is. He's a really good dude. Another Colorado company that just creates high quality stuff. Check Indeed. them out, coloradodronechargers.com. Hi, good afternoon, Rob and Paul. This is Justin Cullen from Vermont. Reason for my call is I'm interested in kind of shifting gears a little bit from my normal direction of drone flying. So as of late, I've been using a lot of the DJI um cinematic series drones like the uh, Mini 3 Pro, the Mavic 2 Pro, and the DJI uh, Phantom series, even though that's kind of on the bottom shelf right now for me. So recently kind of shifting gears a little bit, and I'm now interested in doing a lot of FPV. So I recently purchased the Defender 25 with an O3 unit and the Nazgul 03 with an air unit as well, 03 air unit. And I kind of was wondering what kind of businesses I could uh, seek for future revenue with these specific drones. And the second part of my question is because I've been flying them a little bit, not too much. I seem to get, I think it's simulator uh, dizziness. And is that a real thing? And uh, if so, what's the best way to veer around getting the dizziness feel when you have the goggles on? I don't seem to have that same effect using a flight simulator like liftoff or anything like that. But when I put the goggles on, it's just I get that dizzy feel, my loss of orientation. And what's your best guiding way to get around that kind of uh, feel? All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate everything you guys do. 
Thank you, Justin. Very uh, appreciative that you took the time to send in that thoughtful question. And uh, my hunch is that there's a lot of people that are thinking about the same things that he's thinking about and trying to figure this out. A lot of cool stuff that can be done. No, there is. And there's a lot of kind of principal knowledge that you want to have. Like when you come from, you know, flying DJI drones, right? You have a certain list of expectations. And I would say uncommunicated expectations. And when you go into FPV, Cinewhoop, drone tours, whatever vernacular you want to use, those expectations might shift dramatically because a lot of these guys are used to just pulling drones out of the box. They work, they fly. That's great. But when you buy FPV drones or Cinewhoop drones, there's a little bit more to know about them. Like, you know, they may have an acro mode versus a film mode. And all that's going to do is essentially change the sensitivity on the sticks and how that drone reacts in close, tight environments. But let's be honest, Rob, a lot of people are wondering the same thing that this caller is wondering, Yeah, which is, is it normal if I get dizzy when I'm flying this and I'm new? Yes, it's absolutely uh, normal. Um, In fact, the more and more that you fly, the more and more that goes away. Mm -hmm. Rob, you made a funny joke when you're like, it's kind of like getting on a boat. Maybe you should just have a shot of whiskey before you go. (laughs) Only thing is just to calm down. Obviously, we can't do that flying drones. I was going to say FAA might have something to say about that. (laughs) Obviously, we can't do that. But, uh, you know, when you think about it, orientation, he mentions orientation specifically as one of the issues. And that's part of probably what's driving that dizziness is that the orientation is changing so much and so quickly. Well, and this is another one of those kind of principal expectations that you're used to flying line of sight with DJI versus flying FPV. If he stays in FPV mode, meaning he always has the goggles on, he's not trying to pull the goggles up and look at the drone, he should never have an orientation issue. The orientation issue only happens when you're looking at the drone or flying line of sight. That's true. But no, 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 but you're very right that it's a normal, natural thing that you get nervous and you pull the goggles up and you start to look at the drone and the only thing that you do is create the error chain, meaning that you, you felt weird, you felt dizzy, you let off the sticks. Look, the DJI Avada, you can let off the sticks and it stops, but these other FPV drones, they don't. So they take the, the, head, the headset off and now they're looking at the drone and orientation issue. Well, but even, yes, and, and that is an, uh, an important point that you make, but I could see that even if you're not used to it, you, even if you keep the goggles on, once you turn around and come the other way, your controls are still different, right? In terms of, so it's still going to affect you. It might affect you like when you're coming into land, how you're kind of looking at yourself and you're like, oh, that you might have an orientation issue there. But especially maybe if you overthink it, I could see overthinking it just exacerbating that issue. Oh yeah. And so anyways, practice, is that the, that's the answer? I think that is the answer. You know, it reminds me of the days of getting ready to film our own uh, Cinewhoop course and fly through course back in 2019, 2020, which man, we should really finish that thing. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, but that said, I mean, it goes to show that there is a natural kind of learning curve evolution. And the funny thing is, is that have you ever played VR? You played VR, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have you ever been like in one of those games or it's, it's like been a long time. the roller coaster game or you're like walking off a cliff and you start you suddenly oh, totally. feel dizzy? You yeah, know? you see people on YouTube, they just like they literally or they crash into the TV and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> 
I think I uh-huh. think that is really important to note for two reasons. Number one, that it's natural that your brain thinks that you are in an aircraft, and so it's reacting as such. But number two, it also proves a very important point that I think a lot of people, older generations, younger generations, my generation, who knows, even myself at some point, that your God-given emotions are emotions, and there is nothing that you can do to sometimes stop those emotions. But what you can do is change how you react to them. And this exact example of how VR can make you dizzy, flying FPV drones can make you dizzy, it's overcomable, which means how you react to some of your emotional things is overcomable as well. I say this because I think a lot of people in the drone industry miss some key points of success, which is a lot about professionalism, emotional intelligence, emotional control. And look, I am not preaching uh, from a pulpit here. I've had the same issues myself and I've had to work through the same issues and I probably will still have to work through the same issues. Let's be honest. Okay. But it's important because the things that you learn flying FPV are going to be important for how you respond in the world. When you overcome these small things and train your brain, like I may feel this way, but I'm not in the drone. I'm on the ground. My feet are on the ground. I'm good. A natural solution if you're feeling dizzy a lot is I like to sit down when I fly FPV. Mm-hmm. Some people like to stand. That's cool. You can do both. You can learn to stand. You can learn to sit. You might be more comfortable. But the more practice that you have, the more types of turns that you do, you are going to eliminate that dizziness. You're going to eliminate that emotional reaction. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it's really important too, because a lot of us in life feel like we are emotions. We can't change them. No, you can't. But what you can do is you can change how you react to them. And I think that's, that's a, a really big, if you want to dive more into that, there's a great book. PJ recommended it. I've listened to it like three or four times now. One of my favorite recommendations, which is mind hacking happiness. And it's actually science backed information talks about this very specific issue. So if you ever deal with the, the mother-in-law who's like, you made me feel this way. It's like, well, how do you expect me to believe that I made you feel that way when you're in control of your reaction? It's amazing how well calibrated questions work, but I digress. Yeah, it is. So the bottom line is that when you ask, is it normal to have these feelings when flying yes. FPV and cinema, it's an absolute yes. And I, I will say this, <laughs> I don't know how old you are, Justin, but you sounded like you might be like, I don't know, we'll call it over 40. Forgive me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I know that like, for example, when riding roller coasters when I was 20s, even 30s, awesome, loved it. The craziest one in the world put me on and I'd have a good time. Now, I'll still do it and I might enjoy it. (laughs) Like, it feels like I respond to it differently. And I don't know what what that's about. I really don't in terms of the aging process relative to that. Maybe Huberman can tell us. (laughs) It makes you wonder if it's like a lack of that that stimulation on a frequency basis. Yeah, I honestly I shudder to think about what it is and where I'm like how I'm diminishing as a, as a human being, but I don't want to think about and figure that out right now. But I I think it's a natural thing the older you get, which is probably why the 15, 16, you know, 19 year olds are the world champions generally speaking at these things. But what are some of the jobs that I just before you go on to that question? Uh-huh. I was just sitting here thinking about roller coasters are the perfect analogy. Yeah. And I think you took it to somewhere I wasn't even expecting, but you think about even when you're a kid 
and you go on that first roller coaster and you're super nervous and you're super worried about being dizzy and all those things. And then you keep going on more and more roller coasters and like you're now at King's Dominion, like hanging on that roller coaster that goes 100 miles an hour in two seconds and you can't wait for it, you know? Yeah. It's that natural progression. And uh, I'm really glad that you brought that up. But anyway, you were going to say... No, I was going to transition us into the first part of his question. We kind of reversed the way that this was answered. But the first part is what kind of work is available to somebody who can fly well when it comes to, we'll just, we'll just say Cinewhoop instead of FPV. In all honesty, what kind of work is available for those who fly very well? Oh, gosh, it's unlimited. Um, <laughs> I think what you really have to focus on are commercial productions. Think of commercials, okay? There are small business commercials and we're talking about social media. People get paid, you know, anywhere from $500 to $5,000 for those videos. And then you think of like commercials for like TV, commercials for large scale companies, like that commercial that we just produced. You know, I think that was probably like our only drone job of this year. And isn't it amazing? You only need to do one to rack up a bill that big. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, and it, so much was learned. So much was learned. So, yeah. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to what opportunities are available, doing fly throughs for businesses to put on their um, Google listing, their Apple listing, to put on their YouTube, to put on their social media. But you really want to get in with like agencies. The more agencies that I think you can get in with, the better off that you're going to be. Meaning like, hey, I have a specialty. I do drone tours. If your clients need those, you know, let me know. I'm happy to be an asset for you guys. And um, I'd be, you know, more than happy to um, work for you guys. Mm -hmm. One piece of advice I would give you is that no matter what agency it is, you're going to give them a price and they're always going to come in lower than that price point that you give them. You really need to learn to, if you want $10,000 to ask for 13 or 14, and then when they go down to $10,000, they feel amazing about it and like they won, but you wanted 10K the whole time. So, um, yeah, high bar, basic, uh, basic negotiating stuff. Yeah. One of the things I would say, too, is just from what I've seen and what I've experienced, because obviously being drone you, we've watched a lot of these and I've seen what you did. And so we'll link I, we'll link the isotopes video that Paul did because it's a great example of what can be done in a really, really cool way. And that but, video just got us a huge opportunity that unfortunately we cannot talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. A massive opportunity. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even make that connection. Do you connection. remember when I showed it to him? I do. In the elevator and he's like, I saw that video. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was a really cool moment. That was a very cool moment. You never know who's going to see these things either. So put everything on YouTube if it's reasonably good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it sucks, maybe not. <sighs> but what I was going to say is that I think a lot of what I've seen is just like, it's like they're trying to do the fly through, but they're also trying to race. And so they're going too fast. But at the same time, you don't want to go too slow when you're doing a fly through. Oh, the drone tours. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the tours. So you've got to get, I feel like there's kind of a. This is a very, very, very important point. Yeah, there's a there's, good range of, of how you fly these. It's not too slow. It's not too fast. I, f I feel like to be the best, the range is relatively narrow. Tell Dude, me if I'm wrong. No, I no, I'm really glad that you brought this up and I and I I love it because since we've moved up here, you've really gotten more into flying and it's showing oh, and it's I love it. Excuse <laughs> my language. Um no, I love it because in all honesty, we've seen a couple fly-throughs recently where uh there was one Andrew Archer who I want to get on the show. 
uh, who lives down here in Colorado Springs, you know, they did that one for uh, F1. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that they were very limited in what they were allowed to fly because a lot of the shots were like far away. And he is like known for being really tight and close. Mm-hmm. And so some of the shots, they just, they didn't seem as good as they could have been, right? But he is known for incredibly good one-shot wonder drone tours. And if the drone tour is too fast, where you can't really see what's going on in the scene and make an inference for like, what are we supposed to glean out of this? Mm -hmm. Then the drone tour is a fail. And if you go too slow, where it's not engaging enough, it's boring. Then it's a and then it's a fail. (laughs) Yeah. But then you think of like, I always come back to the gray man because I know Hmm. I know the aerial coordinator on the gray man. It was Kevin Larosa, and he's the guy who shot the Top Gun movies. Okay. But he did not do the FPV drone stuff. There was another team who did it. I don't know who did it. If you want to see a like the worst FPV footage that explains exactly what we're talking about, it's like three quarters of the way through the movie and we're watching a chase at this mansion and the drone shots are so fast and the vehicles and subjects are so far away. It It's almost like the drone shots take you out of the movie and you're wondering, what the hell am I watching? Like, what am I like? What was I supposed to see in the scene that I'm not seeing? Because in all honesty, a lot of movies are like an intellectual dance of storytelling. It's it's like a puzzle. Can you figure it out? And I think this has become even more and more the norm with movies like, um, you know, Adam Sandler went from like raunchy comedies to murder mystery two. You know, Murder Mystery 1 was great, Adam, but Murder Mystery 2 sucks. Sorry. <laughs> but it's just, that's my point, is is movies are a natural investigation by the audience to see if they can figure it out yeah. and glean the, the greater story as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, your point about the speed of these drone tours and how fast you see things and how many scenes are in the drone tour and how you move about them, even the flight motions. Mm-hmm. Like if you yeah, choose totally. to fly over someone's shoulder when they're telling a story... That kind of takes the uh, traditional cinema and mixing the new FPV to still be able to storytell. If you do drone tours, an FPV that's too fast, too far away, is not telling a story, and it's kind of too far breaking the mold from traditional cinema, you lose your audience. Yeah. I think that's what you were trying to say. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, again, there's a a relatively narrow range for it to be really, really good. Yeah. I mean, you can be mediocre out here, but to be the really, really good, it's in here. Well, and, you know, speaking of that, we've been talking about this Cinewhoop class. and Yeah, sitting here talking about this is like, we got to get that done. Oh, yeah. I say we. No, I love it. I love it. (laughs) Um, But I think it's important to understand, like, you talk about the, we talk about the DJI Avada, right? Which is supposedly, and I've said this, one of the best ways to learn Cinewhoop, one of the best ways to learn FPV. But don't consider the Avada your ultimate go-to for filming these drone tours. And I learned this. We were flying the Avada for the fire department, and I was trying to get a shot. And I was so used to my normal Cinewhoop where I can just rack the power or the thrust and have a major speed boost to get up to my subject. It was when I was chasing the fire trucks. Mm -hmm. And I could not do that with the Avada. And so it goes back to what I started at the beginning of the show of understand that your expectations as a DJI pilot are going to, they're going to evolve and they're going to change. You get into Cinewhoop, drone tours, FPV. And you need to understand that every FPV drone is going to have a slightly different way to control it. And that's even though, by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the uh, Cinewhoop drones are using the DJI system. Yes. 
That's but that in itself is a is a deviation of expectations because with any DJI drone that you have right now, all the new ones, if you fly in anywhere remotely close to an airport, you might get shut down. If you buy anything that's DJI FPV kit, like the O3 Air or the mm-hmm. O2 or the FPV Air system that was the original, you don't get any of those limitations. I mean... And now a lot of people are like, well, I want to buy the original DJI Air because it has even less limitations than the old ones. So um, Hmm. so people are able to fly in more places. China can't play daddy. And people are able to truly experience the love of flight, which is beautiful. So understand expectations all around are going to change the opportunity for... for drone videos is killer. These are typically going to be one shot videos. You need to be practicing around obstacles all the time. We've got a great course coming out. I've talked to a bunch of different people about, you know, um, working on this course with us and ultimately it's never happened for just deviation of expectations, but we're going to get it out to you because if you want that spark relit, you've been in this industry for a long time. This is how you do it. Anyway, I think that's, uh, that's certainly what happened to you. Oh, yeah, 100%. In fact, as I sit here and think about it, I'm like, I want to go buy a new FPV drone. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't think it takes a new episode to uh, make you want to buy a new FPV drone. No, but, but I mean, again, but the, I e- the evolution of drone pilots, right? I used to get so excited. Hey, like this morning, hey, Paul, I just bought that new Air 3. You can go do your course with it whenever. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's but, pretty much it. Yeah, but it's like new FPV Cinewhoop drone. I have to go fly it right now. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's a different experience and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I I agree. But anyway, everyone, thank you for your trust. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for the questions. If you have a question, askdroneu.com. And just so you know, if you're a DroneU member, you're going to see more courses updated than ever before this year. We've got, let's just call it a catalyst uh, to make sure that that happens. So anyway, I appreciate you, Rob, too. You Happy too. New Year. Happy New Year. Do you have a Do you have a New Year's resolution for us before we end this show? I've never been huge on resolutions, I but there's certainly things I want to do better this year. Um, so call it a resolution so that it doesn't, so I'm not acting weird. Definitely want to be more fit. I, it's interesting moving up here. I have fallen away from the discipline I had created over 20 years of running. And I don't know why it happened. I think maybe because of my running buddies back in New Mexico, didn't have them up here. So or, that's you know, the that, quality of life up here is fantastic. Whatever. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I don't know. Facetious. Anyways, and there's honestly 2024, I think, is a very big year for what we're doing at Drone U. There's going to be some really cool things happening that you all will see. And so I would put that in the category of a resolution is to stay disciplined and make sure that those things happen the way that we want them to happen. Yeah. So we can keep helping people out. Yeah. So... Well, um, got some resolutions relative to the kids that I actually started those late last year. So yeah, you know, it's kind of like Valentine's day and how I think frankly, a lot of Americans hate it. Maybe it's just the dudes that hate it, but I think it's a lot of ladies as well because it should be Valentine's day. If you love your significant other every day. And so that's kind of how I think of new year's resolutions and always have interesting, but I understand that it's a good catalyst to use the word that you used for uh, kind of springboarding yourself into the new year. And that's a good thing. I'm going to call it Valendrone Day. 
I'm going to buy myself a new drone on Valentine's Day. There you go. There you go. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to do it for us today here at DroneU. Again, if you have a question, askdroneu.com. If you're ready to gain confidence in flight and fly in any scenario, any environment, and you actually want to learn people who have already done it, in many environments and not just the guys who hang out in their basement or behind a screen and say that they've done it, then you've got to check out what we've got at the Drone U, where you can become a member and gain confidence to fly all sorts of aircraft to create a life that's worth living, a life that you don't have to take a vacation from. My name is Paul. My name is Rob. This is Ask Drone U. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.